0: Welcome to the
1: Fabulously Keto Podcast, and this week is episode 118. Well, Jackie, it's really great that, again, we have um, not one, but two guests on this week's show.
0: Two doctors, even.
1: We are bringing the listeners some, um, you know, some great, great, obviously, you know, information. And, again, you know, we were sort of just speaking off air about how you know it's really great to actually have healthcare health and medical professionals on that are embracing you know the low carb or you know the therapeutic restriction of carbohydrates in the treatment of type 2 diabetes you know we're really showcasing how health and medical professionals are embracing um you know this way of eating
0: yeah so we both knew about Dr David Oliver from Way back, um, being low carb, me through um, the PHC because he's a PHC ambassador and you had heard about him somewhere along the line. And we both we just found out today while we're talking that we've both independently looked him up and see if we could join his practice. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: that's right. So the listeners will remember that I was living and working in the UK and I was looking for a new, as you do, you have to find a new doctor and a dentist and a hairdresser. And I was looking for a low carb friendly GP. And obviously coming from Australia, you know, we have a bit more flexibility in terms of being able to select our uh, general practitioner. So that's it for our American listeners, that's our primary care primary care physician or you know for direct primary care. So we have some flexibility but in the in the UK it's a little bit different obviously universal health care has some uh more restrictions uh in in the way that the services are delivered. So you had to sign up for your local practice and where I was living uh, Dr. Oliver's practice was a little bit, you know, outside my catchment, unfortunately. But I certainly came across his practice and was really excited to know um, certainly about what they were doing. It was probably only twenty minutes down the road, but because of the the way the NHS is uh, delivered, I had to uh, sign up for my local my local practice, and that was the same with with Jackie as well.
0: Yeah, I I did try and did see. I thought if it's maybe near enough, I could get in with them. But, yeah, you can't. It's in the UK. It's all on where you're living. You have to be within that local area. And I think the idea is if you needed, if, well, whether they do that anymore, I don't know. But if you needed a doctor to come out to you, that you weren't that far away. Um, So, yeah, it's always been like that. Well, there's a long time as long as i can remember so i met dr david and dr kim at the phc conference in may and got somebody who knew them to introduce me and say would you come on the podcast well i only knew about dr oliver at the time and um he said can dr kim come on and i said yes of course <laughs> so that's how we got both of them and you know they're both pushing forwards with their their app together so brilliant which is really great.
1: So let me tell you a little bit more. Um, as we said, we've got the two the two GPs that are in, in the practice. So first of all, we have Dr. David. You mentioned Dr. David Oliver has been a GP partner at the Freshwell Health Centre in Essex. Um, so that's where Jackie and I both lived uh, since 2004. So he's been promoting a low-carb dietary advice to his patients for the last four years. So not only have the benefits... He's been able to see for his patients being transformative and spectacular, but it's also been an uplifting and exhilarating experience for him professionally. And that really obviously resonates with Dr. Um, David Unwin. Um, We've heard that a, a couple of times from Dr. Unwin as well. So Dr. Oliver has founded the Freshwell Low Carb Project in 2019. So he's developed the Freshwell Low Carb website. So we will put that in the show notes and an app, which is amazing as a tool to help his patients on their low-carb journey. But as Jackie said, it's all about the community. So it's not only the the patient community, but his professional community, the local primary care network, which in the UK is an organisation that involves six of the local GP practices who have employed two health and wellbeing coaches, which is absolutely amazing to support And deliver a structured low carb education program to their patients. So, joining Dr. Oliver today is Dr. Kim Andrews, who is also another GP at the Freshwell Health Centre in Essex. But since two thousand and four, she has sorry two thousand three. So he's been two thousand four. So she's been there two thousand three. She has previously worked as a GP with a special interest in diabetes, alongside diabetes consultants in essex so she's been promoting the low carb dietary advice to her patients for the last four years and since her own father has lost over four stone jackie will have to remind us what the metric um,
0: yeah so that's 56 pounds 25 uh kilos wow amazing because that's what i've that's what i've reduced low
1: carb so after a lifetime of obesity so she now enjoys watching her patients also transform their lives using this method she particularly enjoys de-prescribing isn't that must be really amazing for for gps to de-prescribe patients of diabetes and blood pressure medications and her tally so far is 58 patients in remission for type 2 diabetes so well done to dr andrews So she's also a co-founder of the Freshwell Low-Carb Project and has written two recipe books and meal planners to help support her patients make those positive lifestyle changes. So, Jackie, let's hear from Dr. Kim Andrews and Dr. David Oliver on their Freshwell Low-Carb Project. Yeah. Welcome to the Fabacy Keto Podcast, and today we have two guests. We have Dr. Kim and Dr. David. So welcome to you both. Hi.
2: Hiya.
1: We have to stage manage. We might have to sort of, you know, point left and right here. So we, we get, um, obviously, equal, equal sort of voices here. And so the listeners will start with, obviously, they know. Where in the world are you, Dr. Kim?
3: So we are based in Essex in England, um, in the UK, and we, we practice from a small village in North Essex called Finchingfield.
1: And I was just saying just before off air, I was just how wonderful I was actually living just down the road in Chelmsford. But um, Dr David sort of said, I wouldn't have been able to cross any sort of boundary borders because you like to sort of keep your practice close as GPs
2: um it's not it's not so much about liking it's just the way it's just the way um general practice works really we all have our 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 practice boundaries and and we've got quite we're quite rural so we've got quite a large large range and we tend not to stray into the towns too much so we've got a a large number of villages that we look after but as I say yeah um we we need to sort of contain our numbers a little bit and if we start if we started um have, having having some of the towns in, within our catchment area, we would have a very busy practice that we wouldn't uh, be able to cope with really, I think.
1: <laughs> so just remind me um, the where you are. How far away was that from Chelmsford? That was at least 20 minutes.
2: Uh, it's about 30 minutes to Chelmsford minutes. From, from where okay. we
1: are, yeah. Right, right. So just down the road. And I was actually really surprised as to how rural, um, when you sort of head out of, um, as you said, those major those major catchment areas. How rural Essex is, and do you do a lot of that sort of rural as rural general practitioners? Is that um, is that how you would describe your practice?
2: Yeah, it's it's a rural practice. You can look at various demographics and graphs and things, and we are, you know, um, the yeah you know, one of the most rural practices in, in Essex, and um, I think you, it slightly alters how. You, they're different populations. It's hard to put a finger on, on exactly how they're different, but certainly we're we can travel some some distance to do home visits. And um, but yeah, I think we're traditional rural general practice.
0: Yeah, and too, far, from, too far from me. Too far
1: from me. So because um, Jackie's over in Epping. So um, yeah, I think obviously Dr. David doesn't. He was saying he doesn't like those towns folks. He's rather rather sort of keeping his practice gen, You know, his general practice. <laughs> generally,
2: sort of. I don't remember saying that.
1: <laughs> Off it. But anyway, let's get back to um, the story. And um, so I do recall. Um, I'm pretty sure we. You actually had a presentation at the 2019 um, PHC conference. Is that right? Is that where I've seen seen your practice before?
2: Um, no, maybe. I no. I attended that conference, but wow. um, uh, well, no, we haven't we haven't presented uh at that conference before but we are quite active on twitter we might have seen us there possibly right
3: yeah yeah
1: um and really that's that's a good place to start is obviously how how did you come to sort of really be incorporating low carb into into your general practice
2: yeah so it, it came to us towards the end of 2018 and uh i went i went to just a general GP update course and um, there was a diabetic specialist nurse talking there and she mentioned the, the Michael Mosley eight-week blood sugar diet um, book and she was suggesting this could be a, a useful intervention in terms of potentially getting people's diabetes into remission, and as an effective weight loss tool. So <clears throat> just took that away as quite a good sort of brief intervention that we could potentially use and, and Kim's our, our diabetes specialist so I went back and we had a chat and we'd always sort of thought that low carb made sense but we'd never really sort of formalized it before and we started to recommend it to patients and then they started coming back having losing weight and improving their diabetes and we thought oh we're onto something here and um, we ended up buying a load of books and having them available at reception just to make it that much easier for people to get going. And, um, you know, I know there's a few um, low-carb practitioners who started off in that way. After a while, I think we started to feel, you know, the Michael Mosley book is is low-carb, but it is low-calorie as well. So it's an uh, 800-calorie, very low-calorie diet. Um, And it works well for the right person who is extremely motivated and extremely determined. And some people will pick up a book, devour it, and – and And live it and and for those people, it's brilliant, but I, I we we sort of often estimate and guess as to how many people that would actually incorporate, and we reckon maybe ten percent of the population might actually do that, but it's still you know ten percent return is pretty good, but we started to think about well, what is it what how can we how can we help the other ninety percent because the book seems to be great for a lot of people, but you know very low cal- calorie diets are pretty tough thing to 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 do so we started to look we started to think about how we could potentially get that message out make get that message out to more people so yeah we started recommending the book but also we started to think about how we could set up our own message and um and it was actually it was the public health collaboration conference of 2019 that sort of I've we were doing this and I, I went along to that conference and it was really sort of a um, bit of a uh, I don't know light bulb moment really in the sense that it really sort of in, it put the fire in our bellies really in in terms of thinking as to how we can do this and how we can set this up as a community. It's such a huge problem um, for you know we've got seven and a half thousand patients and you've got 63 percent of the population who are overweight, a large number of diabetics, and we're thinking how can we possibly get this information to people when we're very busy. We don't really have much time in a consultation. Um, so, you know, the, the book was great for the right people. So that's when we started to think about, well, maybe we could get some resources up and running. And we thought, and that's when we we started our, our Freshwell website. We thought it would be a good idea just to be able to simply sign those people towards a website that we'd written and our patients would know it's got our name on it and we could trust. And we wanted a source of information that was manageable enough and we found we couldn't really find a website anywhere that just gave not too much and not too little information and about low carb there are websites which give which is so much better which can give so much more information uh, but some people found that quite overwhelming so that's why we pitched the website as a bit of a, a beginner's beginner's guide and so we've been signposting people to that uh, ever ever since and yeah, just, just building it up from there. And, and um, we've got a number of other resources that we've we've built along the way. So I guess that was the beginning of the, the journey for us.
0: So how did you find out about the PHC? Because probably not something that would automatically come on your radar. Um,
2: when I was, uh, yeah, when I read, uh, Dr. Mosley's book, um, it became apparent to me that he was, he was on Twitter and I went onto Twitter and he was, uh, talking about uh, David Unwin and what he was doing and I thought well there's a GP um in my position doing amazing things with his population and so his work became of of particular interest to us and um yeah and he was he was tweeting and uh, about the public health collaboration conference and um eventually just I looked at the, looked at the agenda and thought actually that's just totally down my street so I thought it would be worth a punt and and spent spending a weekend there so yeah social media really.
1: Yeah. Mm. So Dr Kim um, with the being the diabetes specialist uh, can you tell us about the practice so how many you know diabetics is that a big caseload for for your practice? Uh,
3: I mean, we have just under 8000 patients in total, and I think we've got about 260 people with diabetes, I think is about the number that we've got. So it's not overwhelming, but certainly, you know, every day we are picking up more patients with either, you know, a new onset of diabetes or certainly, you know, pre-diabetes being a really huge problem. Um, So it certainly keeps me busy.
0: Was it worse? Was it worse before you found low carb? I mean, obviously, if you've got low carb now, you can probably intervene quite early on, can't you?
3: I think it was less hopeful before. I think is probably the way to put it. I, I you know, I was looking after them. We we never did badly on our quaff diabetes targets, you know. But the way I was doing it was through just plying these people with multiple medications, one on top of another, on top of another. And and yes, that that would, was holding it, but clearly not not really the answer.
1: But that was the standard of care, right? So it was almost like I hope you're not, you know berating yourself, you know, but that was all you knew and that was what was standard practice. But obviously, you know, moving forward, you know, th- with a fresh perspective that, as as we know with um, Dr. Jen, when you're now giving them hope, that their hope is there for the remission and hope is able to, you know, the use of a, a therapeutic carbohydrate restriction, um, you know, that that's that's a a new that that is the new model of care
3: yeah no absolutely I think for about the first year after I started doing it I did have some down moments where I was just thinking oh my goodness what what have you been doing for the last 17 years of your career and and I, I you know in, I think for me one of the biggest things was a, a patient that I'd had that I'd started on insulin and he'd I'd asked him to inject himself. He had done it twice a day, every day for, you know, 12, 13 years. And then actually, all I had to do was tell him not to eat carbohydrate. And his diabetes went away. And it, and I, you know, I felt so terrible about that. I, you know, I even said to him, look, I, I feel terrible. Are you upset with me? Um, but no, he wasn't. So, you know, it was great. He said, no, we're learning together, doc. It's, it's all good. And, and you know, it, it's been amazing. But it certainly... St- starts to make you just generally question things and question what you're doing really as opposed to just doing what you've been told
1: Mm. Mm. yeah and i can imagine that that sort of reconciling of well you know that was then but this is now you know but now moving forward and you've got these you know great resources so where you're sort of saying about the very low calorie diet so the most yeah so the michael mosley approach is obviously he does his five and two so he does some sort of you know quite low sort of low calorie days but obviously it's still still an approach how have you modified that for for your patients so not necessarily doing the very low calorie approach incorporation with a low calorie with a low carbohydrate
3: yeah we don't really talk about calories at all anymore we don't talk about counting anything I think and that's half the freedom for people various diets that they've tried before they've either had to count calories or they've had to weigh out portions and or you know they've had to have their macronutrients and their micronutrients all in the right order but actually you know we encourage people you don't need to do any of that as long as you are eating foods from this list and not having these foods from this list don't worry about it you will naturally know when to stop stop when you're not hungry anymore and and so we're really trying to get away from from all of that counting right
1: okay yeah and are you involving your um your ppg so for for the non-uk people that's the like your patient participation groups are they getting involved as well at your practice
2: we yeah they, the the Patient particip- participation group is a quite a sort of formal structure. And, and I think what we've, so we certainly are very much involving our patient, but not necessarily through through the structure of the patient participation okay. group. Um, yes, it's been interesting how, how that started. And um, I remember when I put the when I when we set the website up, we were sort of asking for people to to sort of help and whether whether they would sort of want to muck in. And slowly as it, you know, we and certainly one or two individuals from our our practice have have come forward and they've been absolutely brilliant as we've uh, we've got more and more participation of of this as we've as I say we've have haven't come onto this yet, but we've We've expanded our, the reach of our project beyond the boundaries of of Freshwell, and um, we're going. Yeah, know, there's a large group of volunteers now, really from right. uh, from from that. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to fill in the gap there in terms of in terms of where where that was? So, um, so back in so at GPs uh, now have to work as as primary care networks, which which means that you have to get together with a group of local practices. Um, and so, with a total population of around about thirty to, to fifty thousand, whilst um, you can not participate, it's really not in your interests to n- not participate. Um, so, whilst we are separate practices, we do have to do certain things together. Um, and so, for example, you can get um subsidized you know, pharmacists um physios um, paramedics that kind of thing and in deepest darkest lockdown in in sort of mid 2020 they they increased the number of healthcare professionals that you can potentially employ from your uh, primary care network and um you can also at this time they also introduced dietitians uh, social i think social prescribers were a slightly earlier thing and and um, and health and wellbeing coaches. And it struck us at that time that it would be, you know, there's this essentially free money to be able to employ people. Wouldn't it be quite a good thing to actually have health and wellbeing coaches? know, as I say, there's, there's only two of us. There's an awful lot of patients and, and you know, we needed some, some help with this. And so, yeah, we, we, um, uh, we, we employed our – so, first of all, we had to kind of convince our primary care network – uh, that low carb was was a good thing, so we did a little presentation to them, and 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 they, you know, they sort of very, very much took it on board, and then and they were sort of happy for us to sort of potentially employ as a primary care network, so it's, it's, um, health health and wellbeing coach. And we our first health and wellbeing coach started Sharon. She started around about September uh, two thousand and twenty, I think. So everything was, you know, we, we didn't even meet her it, and to start not in person. Everything was on Zoom. And um, yeah, so we, we we've set up a primary care network. So we've sort of taken our practice, our success of what we've done with our own practices, and taken it to the primary care network level. So from seven and a half thousand patients to essentially fifty three thousand patients, we've got in our primary care network. And so it means that everyone from those six practices can potentially refer to our uh, health health and wellbeing coach. And we have. Uh, we've expanded and we, we've got two health and well-being coaches working for us now and we set up a structured program with uh six uh, six videos that we we've, we've done which is uh, 30 minutes each and they get to listen to myself and Kim for 30 minutes times six so they've got 3 hours of <laughs> 3 hours <laughs> to and us. Dr Kim yeah, and Dr. Dr David okay that, lucky um, is there a
1: quiz afterwards when <laughs> in doubt, you see you will be quizzed Based on this
2: yeah <laughs>
1: It's a good yeah, thought.
2: So we've never thought what, of that. Go, oh, yeah, have what, a quiz. What the inside many- of the eyelids look like? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Keep them awake.
2: Um, yeah, how so- many
1: calories in a cappuccino? <laughs> <laughs> so that,
2: and that's what uh, so that's what we've we've set up and and that that's sort of gone gone really well and and we you know I said perhaps we borrowed some ideas from the public health collaboration how people are doing this as as communities and so we thought. We really, we liked the idea of the community, you know, right from the start. We initially, uh, when we did the website, we we wrote to sort of about 40 different establishments in 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 our catchment area, restaurants, et cetera. And um, you know, expecting them to sort of jump on board and say, Wow, this is fantastic, you know, how can we help? And we we had precisely zero replies to start off with. And then, but when the patients started to go into the into the rest, you know, there's enough patients kind of going into the restaurants and saying, have you got any anything low carb, you know? And, and they've, they've actually the patients have started going, going out into the community and then sort of you know steering the, the, the actual eating establishments in, in the right direction. And as a re, and so we I had a sort of Facebook group which which built up um, and it's it's a sort of local low-carb Facebook group. There's about 630 odd people on there, some much more active than others. And, and we sort of develop, We started to develop a community within the primary care network, within that l- larger, larger community. And now they are um, looking at their September activity. It was built and built. And essentially, we have a low-carb education evening, um, which is um, you know, once, once a month in Finchiefield, which is where our practice is. They do morning dropping clinics run, it's run by some of the volunteers um and they, there's a group of them who do the park run every every saturday um and they're doing they they're all getting together on a riverboat trip uh, in this month um what have i missed out kim is that they've um,
3: just started a new swimming group too so now they oh. go swimming at the local leisure center on a on a thursday morning i think so that's good yeah so it,
2: with within the group we sort of developed There's there's some real local experts Who've, who've sort of come to the fore and and you know they've um and they're they're really good and you so you've got people in the group who are sociable and, and friendly and welcoming and and you say we've, we've de- developed that uh, expertise and it really feels like it's sort of becoming part of the community now through through that and um and we're starting to find that it's actually quite difficult to find people who haven't heard about low carb in uh, certainly out of our patients you know you sort of it's a bit of a surprise when when they haven't heard about it so we like lo- we started off loving the idea that you know pa- patients would eventually start ha- having conversations ag- across their garden fence with their neighbor um talking to their family um and you sort of s- starting a momentum and th- that would actually be difficult to stop even if we wanted to do it because th- we feel that now we've got some stage where where the community is kind of educating itself really in addition to to having our help as well rather long answer to your question sorry
3: (laughs) yeah it's really nice to know actually that that patients almost self-refer they come in now and say well my mate Barbara I want to look like my mate Barbara you know can you please tell me what she's doing because I want to do it too And, and and again that you know because we are rural a lot of the people that run the local restaurants are our patients so they could see this was going on they could see the patients coming in slimmer and they were thinking oh well we'll have a bit of that as well please so as well as going low carb themselves they've also introduced things on their menus.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really where that sort of that groundswell, you know, that this is obviously, this is around that grassroots level sort of movement. Yeah, it's a bit like that when Harry met Sally, I want what she's having. You (laughs) know, but the thing is with the menu, particularly with that, that grassroots level, that's driving, obviously, you know, that community action. And you've got the community in action because you've got it of you know in in social media so they hate that as you said that there is that group support so yeah i, I really want to look like barbara so what's barbara doing how do i know i want me some barbara action there but the other thing is but in the community you're actually driving a lot of those behavior changes you're not having to do that education i mean you know that in itself your content creators that takes a lot of mental preparation to create the content you know for that one that half an hour stuff that probably took you four hours of content you know research to do the, the half an hour stuff so that's obviously a great deal of time and effort going into there but but driving the grassroots stuff you know that's something that you should be really proud of because you know when that one person speaks to the other two people who speak to the other two people you know you're getting that exponential um you know action in the community so do you, do you see that there that there's a shift that sort of seismic shift in um general community well-being now i mean not we've come out of lockdown but but certainly in mood or you know there's more tangible things about um you know, well, general well-being in the community.
3: I mean, I don't know about you, David, but I, I think in general, certainly with my patients, I feel like that is generally the direction. I think at the moment it's slightly muddied by the fallout of, of COVID and lockdowns and everything else because a lot of people actually aren't in a great place either at the moment. Mm. So, but I think the low carb, you know, helps these people along and 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 for some people that have been you know very low or whatnot previously as as well as diabetes as well as weight as well as you know hypertension Mm. generally um they have a better sense of well-being and i think a lot of that probably just comes from control feeling like they have some control over their future over their destiny whereas before they Mm. really felt like there wasn't anything they could do just take the pills shut up do what the doctor says uh, but i think now they can actually you know they come to me and they say yep i can do this i know i can do this i don't want to take that tablet can we wait for a minute because i actually really want to try and do this first and and i think again you know coming back to the hope it's it's just these people now can see that there is another way and it doesn't have to be just more medication medication
1: mm. yeah i'm curious about the coach the the, the well being because you said that there's two but that's two within the six is that within the six in the primary care network um, are they are they on board with obviously doing doing low carb as well, or are they sort of part of the part of the cult, part of the low carb cult? You got them on board,
2: well, we've different- it was, Yeah, I would say that it was a you know we we made that fairly clear when we right you know, when when we recruited really you know because mm-hmm. you know they are they they do other stuff as well, um, but they were very much brought on as low-carb health coaches supporting yeah. okay so yeah. specifically for, for this project and obviously if they weren't you know if if they were you know wedded to the the eat well plate then then they wouldn't have got yeah. the job yeah
1: yeah i could i could see that the, the paradigms weren't aligning there so it i could imagine you're trying to do your bit and then the um then the the coach would be going eat less move more
3: yeah, oh, yeah and that's no, That was that, no. We... That
1: stuff's going to give you a heart attack. What is he on about? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we still have those struggles, but they're generally with the hospital, as opposed to definitely not with our own health coaches. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is still a bit of a struggle. I mean, even even here, the the other. Diabetes or pre-diabetic program that you can refer to is basically a, a low-fat, low-calorie. You know, I'm mm. sure these people will lose weight, but um, it, it's confusing. We've had some issues where local GPs have referred them both to us, to our health coaches, plus to the hospital ones, and obviously for the patient oh, it's really confusing because from one side they're getting, you know, must have whole grains with every meal, you know, and on the other hand, we're saying never eat them, <laughs> never eat them, have lots of fat. So it's been difficult for the patients and we're really trying to do our best to try and stop that because it, it's not helping anybody really no so,
0: it just creates more confusion within the practice are you the only two doctors gps or are there others there's six of us in total um we're the two
3: main low carbers everybody else i would say is generally on board but i wouldn't say that they are quite as passionate from the belly as we are but that they they tolerate
0: it <laughs> It's not no, causing I've, too much conflict. Okay. No, 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 no. no. no, oh, that's no. Good. Yeah, I think
2: I think it's a bit more than that. I, I definitely think that um, it's more than tolerating. I, I think that we we definitely, um, yeah. There's everyone will kind of promote low carbon. Potentially, will refer to, will refer to the program. There's, there's, everyone you know believes that it's sort of um, useful to to greater greater or lesser extent. So there's there's no um, there's no sort of resistance, as it were, unless of mm. course we are. Talking about it at lunchtime, in which case people start they start to just sort of slowly, slowly, slowly make their excuses and, and leave.
1: <laughs> because you're so passionate about it, like I can imagine, you know, that this is lovely. or are they sort of seeing you? Sort of, I can see um, Dr. Kim on Zoom has got a nice big creamy coffee, and they're probably going, oh, I can feel my chest tightening. <laughs> you're sort of, you consuming that sort of double whipped cream in your coffee.
3: I think it's more, I think it's more, uh, oh, Lord, here they go again. Uh,
0: Wait, uh, they go yeah, the, the eye rolls. I get the eye rolls from my family. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but it's
1: funny because I'm I was catching up with some family and they're going, oh, are you still like keto, you know, and it's like sometimes keto, mostly keto, and they go, Phew. okay, but you can still have some fries with you, your meal, you know, and it's like mostly keto. But you know, they sort of throw the throw the um throw the chips off off the plate. But anyway, but it it's it's sort of gives gives the sort of the tone of the conversations. You know that they at least they know where they stand. At least you know, at least the family or your work colleagues know know where you stand. But mm-hmm. yeah, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. So it makes it hard not to you know want to be be making, you know, talking and um, yeah. It becomes a little bit all-consuming.
0: Mm. So from from there, you've now developed an app. Yeah, so tell us about um, that. I know Dr. Kim has been spearheading it.
2: Um, so Kim's been doing the. So Kim's done some um, meal planners. and um, She's in in charge of you know recipes and, and and meal planners. So I'll I'll tell you about the app, and then Kim can tell you about the uh, meal planners. So yeah, we had a I had a um, got a, a friend um who hadn't seen for a while um who's a who's an app developer uh lives lives locally and and my wife bumped into him in a supermarket uh one day and she would he would they were sort of chatting and and he sort of said um is david left his job yet and i just it m- brought brought me back to a time when we obviously been talking about them a couple of years previously and uh, you know kim and i always used to talk about our exit plan and and how we were fed up with um you know general practice, and and then my wife was saying, no, no, he's he loves his job now. He's he's discovered low carb, and you know won't won't uh, <laughs> shut up about it. You know, so maybe you'd maybe would like to um, come around to my house so you can talk to um, he can talk to you instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> so we, he, he came round, and and um, I told him about the website that we'd done, and he was interested, and he kind of needs he wants to lose a little bit of weight himself. Um, came back feeling much fitter and healthier, and uh, and. Um, and then we said right you know where should we where should we start so the app we wanted to kind of have everything in one place so we've got a lot of the information from the website on there we've got a sort of six module course which is kind of roughly reflects the video but it's in the videos but it's in app format we've got a a kind of a tracker of sort of progress tracker which um, you know I've got sort of mixed feelings about you know people measuring their weight all the time and it's not necessarily the right thing to do Um, but yeah we've got waist circumference bmi and and um, weight tracker on there and we've got this thing we call sugar graphics which is um basically our our version of of david unwin's um sugar infographics um on there which is a sort of sort of tactile interactive version of, of of what he's he's produced um i think that's about and we and of course we've got um kim's meal uh, the first meal planner the second one's just about to come through in the next update and so we've got um a load of recipes and you know, how is a lot of practical advice in terms of how shall I how shall I what shall I eat uh how shall I eat and um you know Kim's Kim's been doing great work in that and we've been able to sort of bring everything together in in, in one app
0: fabulous yeah and just before you come in Kim um our GP surgery because um, I'm i also a PHC ambassador I know you are David as well aren't you mm-hmm. um, I, I tried to get in contact with the diabetic nurse there and so we and we went for a walk and she said oh yes I refer all my low-carb people to the Freshwells app and I <laughs> talked to them about intermittent fasting so I don't think they're totally on board with it but there isn't there is an awareness of it and they they're starting you know she says i i she's very slim so she said i do some low carb and some intermittent fasting so i think there is more of awareness and it has spread so it's really good
2: yeah and we there's no, we're not in it for the money there's no there's no there's no method of income generation there there's no there's no ads there's no apps and and um it's quite nice when you're looking at the recipes. Most free recipe apps will will bombard you with pop ups and and ads and well free con and you know premium mm, mm. content and there's just mm. n- nothing there. So so it's all it, it's it's quite quite nice mm, and clean mm. like that. So yeah, I've I've um we've had about twenty one thousand downloads so far wow. since we since 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 we uh, launched it a, a year ago. So tell us about the meal
0: plans, Kim.
3: Yeah, so they. This always makes me laugh that I have written any any recipe books because really, until I went low carb. For like the last 18 years my husband's cooked every single meal and i i basically do the washing up that's my job so he still thinks this is rather hilarious that i've I've written these um but but essentially the first one came around was actually my gym instructor so my gym instructor at the gym was gaining weight had hypertension had had back surgery you know was really struggling and and i kept talking to her about like saying come on come on you've got to do it and and she just kept saying, I can't do it. You need to tell me what to eat if you just leave me with this. I don't know what to eat because you've told me all the things not to eat, which is everything that I eat. And I really I cannot do this. I can't get my head around this. So that's why I actually wrote the first one. It was for her. Um, And annoyingly, she still has not done it and has not lost weight. But it has led obviously to to lots of our patients losing weight, which has been great. Um, So that was why the first one came around. And then the second one was really on the basis of a lot of our low carb groups still had a lot of questions. And the same questions were coming up again and again, like, should I be taking supplements or still scared about the fat or, you know, those sorts of questions that, that came up again and again. And really, it was the second one. The manual was really trying to answer a lot of those questions that kept coming up time and time again and and giving people, you know, normal food to eat as well as opposed to you know sometimes a lot of the keto boots can be use ingredients that people you know obviously there are a few new ingredients you have to get used to with, with new, low carb but a lot of things that people just weren't going to eat and and I think my meal plan as well was trying to make it you know really basic with like spaghetti bolognese and pizzas and you know the sort of stuff that people can recognize and and know where they are with and making a low-carb version of them to just try and get as many people as possible on board really
1: yeah that's really good and that's going to be that's I mean again you're creating content and that obviously takes a bit of mental energy and that sort of thing to sort of particularly because if it's out of your comfort zone with as you said you know a lot of those substitutions and I think that there, that's part of the education is You're you were sort of saying you can't eat this, but what does that leave me? What does that look like? You know, in that sort of conceptualization of start here, go here, do this. And a lot of those initial things are substitutions. Right. So, you know, instead of spaghetti, you have your courgettes. Instead of having rice, you have your colleague rice. If you're not going to be using bread, you know, make a chaffle, you know, the cheesy, cheesy sort Mm. of pancake Mm. things, you know. These are some of the things that you can do to sort of transition you. And if you really want to go, you know, super fancy, you know, you can do all the, you know, other almond meal stuff for cakes and breads and things, but um, you can keep it super simple. Mm. Um, But I think part of that education is. Reminding people going back to first principles, and I think that that's a really with cooking, first yeah, principle, yeah, and that's absolutely, and it's all in the planning. You know that meal planning, getting your head around, you know you can't come home for supper and go, yeah, let's just throw this together, um, a packet of two minute noodles, you know, um, pot noodles. You can't you can't quite do that. You no. need a bit of bit of planning, and that that sort yeah. of structure is is
3: great yeah I would say planning is absolutely key and that is a conversation I often have with my patients you know on a Sunday night sit down work out what you're having for dinner every night work out what's going in your lunch boxes go go shopping get those things because otherwise Mm -hmm. you will come home when you are tired after a long day at work you'll open the cupboards think "Ah, I don't know what to eat and then you will just end up eating a piece of bread or something like that that you didn't mean to really
1: but I think, you know, that that's the nutrient sort of stuff. And I think that that's that's a thing for what's what's the age demographic of, of your patient group? So is it spread or is it sort of one end? They're pretty or, well we
3: they're, they're put well out in terms of the, the average. I would say that we are generally somewhere around average in terms. We do have an, quite an elderly population, but we also do have the youngsters as well. So I'd say it's sure. kind of average.
1: Yeah. No, I was just meaning more for the for for my my group in that sort of transitional space, you know needing more protein, you know, and that's the sort of thing you know where, where we're sort of looking at particular populations. and because we've been restricting our diets, you know since we were teenagers, that um, you know being mindful that it's okay to have not only you know you know meat, you know having nice, good, quality, fatty protein, to To make sure that my lean muscle mass is, um, you know, for my bone density, so that's that's a really important message for, um, you know, obviously certain
3: certain groups. Absolutely, yep, absolutely. Prioritise the protein without a doubt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, where do you see this leading you now? Well,
3: for me, I'm now. Um...
0: She's our going to be publishing sort of in- a cookbook. She's
1: going to be doing cookbooks next. I mean, you know, roll over the glad. app.
3: <laughs> but our integrated care board. So, so the the new kind of CCG. Oh dear, all these abbreviations and all these hmm. changes. They've uh, they really want to run our program out to the whole of sort of mid Essex and potentially beyond there. So, they've they want to get the program out to to more of the community as many as possible. So they've actually asked me to do two new meal planners. first one being a low budget obviously at the moment with the way the cost of living is just spiralling out of control absolutely um so it's going to be a budget one where every meal is going to come in under one pound 25 a head um i think it's going to be yeah it's going to be quite a challenge but i think if we can again if we can get prove to people it can be cheap and you can do it like this and come up with a load of ideas for them hopefully they're going to run with that so yeah, first of all, that's that's the low carb one. And that, like you said earlier, again, is just going to contain a lot of basics of cooking that people have lost. You know, actually, you don't need to buy a jar of pasta sauce. You can make it for half the price. You can make a basic cheese sauce. You can make a salad dressing. You can boil an egg. You can have an omelet and and just really bringing those basic cooking techniques to people as well.
1: So- and, and this is. This is what I love living in the UK. Like you know, at your Lidl's, at you know, I mean, I wasn't necessarily. I mean, I, I did tend to go to Marks and Spencers or you know, to to Sainsburys. But but on my big bulk cooking days, you know, like when if I went to Lidl, if I went to Audi and getting the 80, 20 mints to to make my my burger patties, that was a cheap meal. That was. I mean, yeah. there like you said, you just have to plan it. And, you yep. know, the resources are there and it's super simple. As you said, an egg, some bacon. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's yep. that I'd love to see it, love to see the outcome of that meal plan. <laughs> and I could use a budget friendly one.
0: But that, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking once you've done it, then you need to take it to the catering departments in the hospitals. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: The hospital food. I mean, yeah. Oh, terrible. my
0: gosh. <laughs> hospital food.
3: That, that's not, yeah. Mm. let's not even go there (laughs) um yeah so then so that's the first plan and then the second plan is actually going to be a vegetarian one which is going to I think probably going to be the bigger challenge for me you know I am pretty hardcore carnivore really and and getting the protein in for vegetarians I think it's going to be difficult for me because I'm not going to include fish either. But, you know, it's a group again and again, time and time again, that ask for recipes. So I thought, actually, you know, there are a lot of vegetarians out there. I can't do vegan, but I, I'll do vegetarian and let, let's see where we go, really. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what's going to be keeping me out of trouble for the next six months or so. <laughs> the
2: other, the other um, exciting project we've got on, on at the moment, you say we've got, we've got our sort of PCN um, you know, primary care network program doing and and we've got more and more people who are who are basically sort of replicating what we're doing so there's a couple of other primary care networks in in Essex who are basically you know we're we're giving them all our all all of our resources including the the videos and um and yeah they're hiring, they're getting their own health coaches and and they're you know sort of you know quite you know blatantly just trying you know with with our encouragement trying to do you know trying to do exactly the same thing so that's quite exciting and then there's a um uh there's a kind of there's a provider of what uh, they call it a tier two weight management service which means that you know gps can refer to a weight management service um for in in essex so so um and we're and at the moment the 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 offerings are sort of fairly traditional in terms of their their weight loss plans and lots of eat well plate and that sort of thing um we are yeah we're working with them they're keen to work with us to potentially offer our program as as an as an alternative so that's quite exciting in the sense and, and they've already got loads and loads of health health and well-being coaches up and running and and really so we're going to be hopefully working with them to uh upskill their health and well-being uh coaches and and offer you know offer our program essentially and we're happy to, to help them with that so you know so potentially that could be a choice for you know Everyone in in Essex, um, who uh, which is which is quite a um, yeah quite a quite a large population. Well,
1: um, that was really what Trudy Deakin was doing, wasn't she? So she had a she had a, her service was actually part of that sort of weight management. So she offered her program to that. So Essex today is it Norfolk Norfolk tomorrow, and then we sort of work the way around the country. I think that that's really. Uh, well... <laughs>
2: You know, ethics it- would be a good start. I mean, it would be interesting <laughs> when you've when you are starting to deal with large organisations, you, you know, we, we would hope that they're, they're going to have the um, capacity to be able to sort of um, monitor this and, you know, get, get record record the numbers. And um, you know, if if you're starting to you know potentially do this at a, a, a county level, then yeah, then can, it up. could it, it could absolutely it, could, it could catch on. And these these contracts that they the, the tier two weight management contracts they have, you know, they they come up now and again. The say maybe possible, you know, that organisation for example may right. potentially may potentially take on another county, you know. So or mm. you know, so um, but I think you know if it, if it does work. Um, I, I would like to think that you know other counties might think more. We'll, we'll have some of that as well.
1: But I'm just thinking about the
2: feasibility.
1: So you, you're talking about you know we need to sort of think about the feasibility and then the evaluation and then mm. then then it becomes as you said the scaling up, the scalability of of you know what was this this great little idea and now it's sort of you know getting getting a life of its own but i think you know when when you're trying to as as dr david does um david unwin you know like he he is on social media and he is promoting this but he's doing that and communicating the intervention the measures of the intervention is that where you see that that's part of the communicating as well so in terms of you've got your social media strategy and you're going to be doing little TikTok cat dances? and
2: <laughs> definitely not um but the, but cat, the
1: cats can actually do the meal planning for you there you go
3: brilliant i'm in i'm in
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're in charge of tiktok videos and uh, <laughs> we have witnesses <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we, we're a bit spasmodic on, on social media but we um we sort of, we like to we tend to try and keep it everything very positive really you know, here's his here's, mm-hmm. you know, here's, here's an example of someone who's done well um uh, and we we you know here are our resources we, we try to keep it very positive but um yeah and and but it'd be you know if, if this actually kind of gets up and running we'll be you know we shouting shouting loudly about it mm-hmm. we don't have that, mm-hmm. we don't have that much of a following but but um but I hope that, I mean I think perhaps as we see our role as very much we are trying to make change from Within right. the NHS, we Last are an rate. NHS organisation and primary care networks are kind of, would it, it would appear to be the way forward and well, the, the way that the government has decided that we we need to go. So we need to demonstrate mm-hmm. ways in which primary care work networks can aff- effectively use that. And, and they're using, you know, people are using, uh, employing health coaches and things much, much more. So, you know, we're we're really much, very much saying this is what can be done. As an yeah. NHS organisation, and it and it doesn't need to cost much. That's the no. thing. Is that, and, but and in, in actual
1: fact, it saves money. It, this yeah. is a thing, well. you know. And that's where it needs to all ally, allied health professionals who are social prescribers should be using this strategy because, as at the end of the day, this you know the the remission you know remission for um, type two diabetes using this is is going to save money. You know that this is a no no brainer really.
2: Absolutely, and and I think we we've, we've really tried to um, keep everything free. So we we're, we we're, you know we're giving us, you know the organisations we are um, working with all our resources are are for free. And I think that just open opens doors because if if you immediately start saying that's to yes. you know mm. your your um, weight management service, well that's going to cost you, you know, thirty pounds mm. a patient or however much per patient, then that automatically puts up you know we're just saying well you can't really lose. You can t- retrain your 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 health coaches you can use our stuff for free and it doesn't it's not costing them anything so you know that's that's the mm. angle we've, we're aiming at really
0: mm. Mm. so what does your daily food look like david
2: <laughs> well, it's improved um, i I used, <laughs> a, I used to have a bit of i used to have a bit of reputation to be quite honest for for eating uh eating rubbish and and i i used you know I, I do run quite a lot and i used to you know just about manage to outrun out a, a bad diet but I, I don't think i did it that well but uh, these days i i um particularly on a work day I very, I very rarely have breakfast i'll have a coffee in the morning um and um and yeah so breakfast is a sort of bit of a treat if i happen to be around and i quite fancy something but generally speaking no breakfast and at lunch it, yeah it tends to be salad and protein so so it's either um tuna or um you know eggs or you know or you know feta cheese or something like that um and there's yeah, there's a lot of tuna um f- there's a lot of tuna opening going on at lunchtime and at the uh, uh, freshwell <laughs> 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 and um yeah easy, it? yeah and then sort of ideally I I'll, I'll just really have what I used to eat during you know uh, before but you know just swap, swapping the carb out so an evening meal if it was a you know, a a a chili or something. Uh, uh, I might just instead of having the, um, you know, the potato or the or the pasta, or swap it with load of veg. We I eat a lot of, you know, fried cabbage. Um, is is pretty good. Um, so that's um, you know, on a on a good day, that's um, that's what I was will potentially eat. I try not that even we can't eradicate the cakes and biscuits from from the surgery. And I find it very hard to walk past a packet of biscuits, if I'm honest. So, so I do have good days and bad days like everybody else. But, um, yeah, so I, I try to kind of pretty much do time restricted eating every, every day. Um, you know, sort of at least a, was it 16, eight, I guess. And, um, yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty much, pretty much me.
0: But you're very slim. So you said you're naturally slim. So you can get away with the odd biscuit now and then.
2: I can, although it does, um, it does creep up. And um, I was, um, I think I is what they call a toffee, thin uh, thin on the outside, uh, fat on the inside. And prior to this, my cholesterol wasn't ideal, and my blood pressure wasn't uh, ideal. And I could, you know, I think as, as time was going on, I could, you know, it's all all in the belly, you know, it was a, a sort of not, nothing nothing too obvious. And I don't think anyone would really sort of look at me and say, oh, well, you're overweight. But I could feel that sort of tightness around, around the belt line. And, um, yeah, low carb has made it sort of effortless. And I still, even as a slim runner, I, I still had moments when I was just, when I would just say, well, I'm going to have to stop. I've, I've got to beyond my top weight. I'm just going to have to eat, you know, I just go on carrot eating, <laughs> <laughs> I used to just basically eat carrots for a few days, get the weight down, and then, you know, even even I was sort of yo yo dieting to to a minor degree. But yeah, I can get away with the old biscuit, but I have to watch it these days.
0: Yeah. How about you, Kim? Yeah.
3: I mean, that's a similar sort of thing. I, I wake up in the morning. I normally I'm addict, terribly addicted to tea. I dread to think how many pints of tea I consume in the morning. Um, and then I probably eat for the first time between sort of one and two again, Probably about sixteen eight restriction, um, and that is normally pretty much every day I'm at work. It's tuna salad. It's a massive bowl of salad with loads of seeds and things, and lots of olive oil, lots of apple cider vinegar. And most people say to me, "You're not going to eat all of that, are you?" <laughs> it's like it's only salad um, <laughs> with the tuna, and then I'll eat again when I get home. It's it's slightly more complicated, I think, possibly for me because I've got two young children as well. So I've got an eight year old and a nine year old. Um, And they won't go for every low carb swap. So sometimes we have to sort of juggle things slightly, um, Mm. make it a bit more child friendly. But really, you know, I don't want my children to be eating processed carbs either. So... Sometimes they might have a little bit of ancient grains. Sometimes they might have a very, very small amount of, of sort of sweet potato or something like that. But otherwise it is it is based on sort of meat, fish or vegetables, really. Um, but it's got to be something that's child friendly. Otherwise, they're yeah. just not going to go for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the, yeah. And, and evening meal will be some form of meat and cheese and fish and vegetables in some concoction or other but it's it's very different to the way i used to and and i used to think i was doing well as david said you know we're, we're lucky that we're we're slim people anyway and i was having probably I had porridge every morning for 22 years. So I had porridge every morning. Then for lunch, I would have a granary bread sandwich and two or three pieces of fruit. And then for my evening meal, I would probably have sort of pasta with meat and vegetables. You know, and I thought I was doing pretty well um, until the whole low carb thing came about. And then I realized pretty much that was all I was eating. And I also wore one of the CGMs and sort of just to see how I was responding and was pretty shocked, but you know, one piece of rye sourdough was sending me up to eight and a half and I, I don't even have diabetes. And um the the porridge for me was the last thing to go. I know a lot of people lose bread last, but for me it was the porridge. I, I really struggled to give the porridge up. And I wore the CGM, had a bowl of porridge with nothing but milk and my blood sugar went up to eleven point six. That's the end of that. Lip. And I've <laughs> never, ever touched porridge again since. So, um, yeah, it, it was quite an eye opener, quite an eye opener, the CGM. Definitely. I'd recommend that to anyone that hasn't given it a go. Just a couple yeah. of weeks. I think you're really yeah. surprised. I'm by what curious to find too. Out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, a yeah, bit obsessed, I think though, just constantly, I know, I know, I, know. I mean, th- and that's, and that's for the, you know, to geek out on the data would, would be really, really great. And um, my, my partner is, is loves, loves data. So he has the aura ring and he has, you know, the watch and all that sort of stuff. So he just, you know, he, d- he does daily ways and he loves a little trend line and all that sort of stuff. So um, <laughs> yeah, he loves it. But um, I, think that's, I think that, that but that's the sort of stuff that you need that feedback, right? So you need to be able to feed feedback in order to feed forward to make the to make the changes. And I think, you know, if you can visualize, you know, that that's the impact on the inside of you know that particular food, then you know that's a that's a really great feedback loop, and that's really you can tell people. But if you don't see it, you know, it's for real what's going on you know and i remember um dr david Armand sort of saying about the banana you know like one little banana which is 30 grams of carbs has such a profound effect and yeah that's that's
3: yeah. it even changed the way i, I sort of train really exercise wise the cgm because i i kept noticing that my blood sugars were just shooting up to 9 or 10 after you know a pretty intensive hit session but that was kind of the way that i used to train and and it was pushing my sugar up so high that I just started to think, actually, maybe this isn't the way, best way of doing it. So really now I've pulled back a lot from the very high impact, high intensity cardio. And now I do a lot more kind of resistance training, weight okay. training, lifting weights. And it's pushed me that way because actually that way I'm building up my lean muscle mass, but I'm not pushing up Absolutely. my blood sugar at the same time. So that's that's been a change for me as well.
1: So just just, just say that again, like the high intensity, but that's just obviously the... um. Just,
3: just a cortisol, cortisol,
0: really. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very right. stressful yeah, on the body. It's too very stressful. stressful.
3: Too okay. stressful. Yeah. Too if you stressful. did a short, um,
0: if you do a short two minute, you know, you do first. 10 second run sprint, mm-hmm. really far, mm-hmm. hard and fast, and do that three or four times, that's enough. But to do it for an hour or even 30 minutes, okay. too much for the body.
1: I'm, I'm all for lifting heavy things repeatedly. That's that my body is not built for cardio. I'm good with lifting heavy things. I'm good. I'm good, and you know, and and from for my age and for what I'm trying to achieve, the um, the gains. I'm just you know, it's just obviously the lean muscle. You know, maintaining my lean muscle that, at this age. I'm I'm good
0: with that. So yep. um, yeah. So before we finish, is there anything else that you wanted to mention that we haven't asked you about or you wanted to say? Oh, there's silence. No, silence. I can't think of anything. <laughs> Excellent.
1: So well, that's good. we covered a, covered a wide-ranging com- conversation, so,
0: yeah. So why don't you tell us how people can follow you, get in contact with you, download the app, all those sorts of things? The app
2: is available on the App Store for Apple users and the Google Play Store for Android users, um, and you just type the word Freshwell in there. There is another one called fresh wellness which looks quite similar but it's fresh well there's a little leaf logo um if you can't find it there there are some links on on the on our low carb uh website uh which is www.lowcarbfreshwell.co.uk we're both intermittently around on twitter mm, i am mine is low carb fresh well but I've had to curtail the number of characters, so I lose the W frustratingly. Um, so it's L-O-Carb Freshwell And Kim, you're at Dr. Um, Kim Andrews, I think, aren't you?
3: Yeah, very
2: straightforward. You can, uh, people can also contact us via, you can contact us via the app or via, um, the, there's a contact section on, on the website as well. That's probably the best thing.
0: Excellent. So before we finish, we'd like to ask you for your three top tips. Kim, do you want to go first? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I
3: think my first one is eat real food. Just eat real food. If it's got a massive list of ingredients, put it down. You, You know, eat eat food as it comes from its source and and you know, I, I, sometimes I, I it drives me crazy because people think they're doing really well they're going keto but actually they're eating a load of these keto bars and and you know you look on that there's the same problem you turn it over and there's this raft of ingredients and I've never heard of half of them and and it's trying to prevent people from going that way and and really I just tell them generally if there's ingredients on it if there's an ingredients list don't eat it absolutely so that would be my 1st one. Second one second one my second one would probably be what we talked about earlier the prioritizing protein. You know, we still have this problem that a lot of people are, are frightened of fats. And sometimes, you know, no matter how much you try and reassure them that it's okay and that you're going to keep an eye on their cholesterol and things for like them, they really don't want to do it. So, the other way that I now generally push people is to go for the high protein. If they don't want to go higher fat, go high protein and, and see how they go with that. So, that's probably the second thing I get across to people. And your third one? I suppose my, my third one is, is generally for people to, to get moved towards intermittent fasting and time restricted eating. I mean, once the low carb is under their belt, um, they should find that naturally they are just not as hungry and they're not hungry all the time and they're not constantly sniffing around for food. So definitely the next, you know, the next thing that gently comes along without you having to push yourself or force yourself into it, you just find naturally you wake up, you're not hungry. Therefore, do not eat until you are hungry and stop when you are full.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, David, what are yours?
2: Okay. Um, I, I think the first one would be, do what you can. Really. Um, I think there are people, as we said at the beginning, that will dive into a, a very low carb uh, diet, um, low carb book, like uh, Dr. Mosley's book, and they will devour it, and they will, they will, they will do fine. And there are some people who can jump straight into keto, um, and and they can also do fine as well, and I think and there, but I think we sort of generally steer people towards low low carb you know less than one hundred and thirty grams of uh, carbs per day rather than the thirty to start off with, and I think people who mm-hmm. find who want to find keto will find it, so sure. I think we find that if we go in and that was part of the problem you when know, they're part of the way reason we moved in in the direction we did. Was was that we really wanted people to be able to kind of make small changes, really, and um, you know, even if it's just having one slice of toast in the morning rather than two, you know, it's it's a step in the right direction. Mm. And I think people, uh, and I think you know, we've seen hundreds of people through this, and you know, everybody's different, and you know, some people can just do it overnight, and some people can do little little bits and pieces. So so yeah, find what. Works works for you. I think there's there's no sort of uh, magic formula really.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah.
0: yeah.
2: And, and I would certainly re- reiterate what Kim was saying about um, you know protein protein and real food. Um, <clears throat> and I th- I do wonder whether you know low carb is clearly an important part of this, but perhaps more for your insulin resistant um, and uh, type two diabetes patients. Um, and but I think I what. I wonder whether we'd still call it, I think low carb is such a small part of low carb. Um, as Kim has said, it's about, it's, it's actually, you know, we wouldn't have this problem if we didn't have processed food, really, you know, people used to eat carbs, you know, in, in the 1960s, and, and 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 they were, you know, they, they were fine. And so it is, you know, so isn't, and I think that's, I think people get scared off by low carb because they just think, oh, it's, it's just low carb, but it's not. It's about, you know, it's about real food. It's about prioritizing protein. I think I'm perhaps a little bit more protein focused than uh, than, than some. I certainly think that if you can, they talk about the protein leverage hypothesis, don't they? Where Whereby if you, if you it's in, it, which, which basically says, as I understand it, that you, you carry on eating until you've got enough, protein and then you stop eating. So this is just a very, very crude um summary of that. So I think if you can get enough protein and you know I wouldn't necessarily if fat's not for everybody. And I think some people s- struggle when they um you know they they can go overboard with with, with the fat, I think. So I, I very much focus on on the protein, keeping it low carb and um and and yeah perhaps not not going too mad on the fat, but you know, letting people know that it's okay to eat fat. Um, but I think some people get a, get a little bit, um, go a little bit overboard with it. I don't know. Was that three?
0: That was, <laughs> that was, that was two. But have you got? <laughs> one? <All right>.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's call that three. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, three,
1: three. Number three is download the app.
2: Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and download, the, have a have a look at our, our resources and, and um, yeah, spread the word. Yeah, thank spread you. Spread
0: the yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you for joining us today. No problem. That's great. Sorry Thanks about for the initial the IT <laughs>
3: difficulties. No, that's all good.
1: <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Thanks thank you. very much. Thank you, Louise. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you.
0: Louise, I'm going to jump in before you. So, Jackie, isn't <laughs> <weren't> it really great? <laughs> well, Jackie, you oh, well, Jackie. But I
1: do think, Jackie, that it is so inspiring when we have, as I said in the intro, you know, the health and medical professionals that embrace, you know, the therapeutic restriction of carbohydrates, you know, and then they have such a personal and professional Epiphany, you know, the epiphany of the um, you know, the the fact that they do depres deprescribed, you know, they do have patients that are in remission of type 2 diabetes that they, you know, have embraced um and well, you know, challenged, challenged obviously the conventional wisdom of, you know, you must have your healthy whole brains, but it wasn't working for them and you know we've been inspired and heard a number of times you know about dr armand's work and it just is really great to see that ripple effect on yeah. the
0: and we but we spoke about earlier about the postcode lottery of whether you get a low carb doctor or not but i think you know even for people listening today or now or you know any point in the future this we're constantly bringing on doctors um nurses, nutritionists, and they're all saying yes this is an option for people. And I think so even if you don't have access to a low carb doctor, you can relax that doing this way of eating is not going to kill you, it's not going to give you heart attacks, it's not going to make anything worse. In fact, on most levels it's going to make things better. Um I think it gives people that reassurance that it's not just us talking about how wonderful it is and how great it is and having lay p- people coming on, just normal people like you and me coming on and making life changes, we're getting that, um, what's the word? It's a validation. I think Thank it, you. It, you know, you're saying it's,
1: it's a validation. It's validation.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a validation but- that it is a safe thing to do and it is an option for people and i think Mm -hmm. particularly for type 2 diabetics even type 1 diabetics um it is an an option for people to try we're not saying you have to do it but you know give it a try and see how you feel
1: no but i think the credibility the legitimacy and you know the validation that health and medical professionals endorse in a way you know they prescribe they prescribe this way of eating so i think it gives it some it elevates it from just being something that sounds like a good idea to something that obviously has merit um in in a medical practice such yep. as you know general practice direct that direct primary care so i think you know the fact that they've embraced it they've seen it they've have collected now the information you know they've published their article as well you know that the fact that their tally is you know in terms of patients it's a quantum it's a body a body of knowledge now that they are supporting and it's a grassroots movement too you know within the community that's the that's the social impacts
0: yeah and it's going to grow exponentially so it starts slowly but it's like that snowball that's going to just create more momentum and like they were saying in their community now the whole community knows about it it's they said it's difficult to find someone who hasn't heard about it they might not choose to do it but they've heard about it and so when you're impacting a whole community that's when things start to change and i think that's fabulous and then they're bringing people together to the community with the stuff that they're doing on the app and all the other community projects that they've got going
1: mm. But I think it's not only just the 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 public, you know, the their sort of people community, but it's the professional networks. Yes. And I think that that's where they can that again it's getting that message out through the professional networks. And I think that's a bigger, not just you know, the mindset of people's practice people the professionals practice you know in terms of well that's the way i've always you know taught to you know that's how i was taught in university that's how i was you know when i was an intern or a registrar that's how i did my training but you know to try and shift the the practice of the practices you know those sorts of things is a bigger cognitive shift because of the entrenchment that happens when you, well, that's just the way that I do it. That's, I've always treated patients with, you know, um, the the medication. You
0: know, what's this food business, you know, but you can imagine. Yeah. Especially when they don't do any real nutrition. then new nutrition education is more about vitamin deficiencies, what happens, and, and I'm sure it will be treated with medication of some sort. So, <laughs> you know, it's more about what are the downsides of downsides of not getting enough nutrition um mm. rather than using nutrition as a tool mm. and I, I just think it's fabulous that we're all the time seeing more and more doctors coming on board um with the promotion of low carb
1: which was really great when i'll move back to australia and i think having a community a low carb community and it was really great to sort of tap into that community through facebook and to sort of find who were the gps so low carb down under has a has a directory of low carb friendly gps and across australia but within my little local group in melbourne you know that was really great to tap into those resources and find out if there was a gp close to me which there is it's about half an hour which is you know it's it's not i have to make a special trip to to obviously do that so take a catalog and book
0: a double appointment so yeah um, well i'd definitely drive half an hour to see a low-carb doctor
1: yeah and that was so poor dr neil sort of got this whole catalogue bit, you know because i hadn't really had anybody here in in bangkok so um yeah so that was that was really good to be able to tap into that and that's obviously finding a tribe you know and we've spoke about this a, a number of times about finding finding those lo- like-minded people and you know you've done you did that through the the PHC's, you know ambassadors it's the phc conferences the professional networks that you're doing your training all the coaching that you're doing as well so you're definitely surrounding yourself with with educated um the you know getting getting your education and training as well as obviously you know your professional networks as well so it's it's really great to find find your tribe
0: yeah yeah and that and that reminds you know that it's like Katie Caudsey last week said there were all these low carbers and I found my tribe and I think that's the thing when you find a place where you think yeah I belong here it's mm. you know and and so within that community of Dr Davids and Dr Kim's there's that again it's all about community and coming together and I think one thing that covid and the lockdowns have taught us is that we are not meant to be locked up in our houses and we are not meant to be separated from our loved ones and our friends and we really need to make sure that we we focus on community and stay with our our family our friends but even the wider community might be where we live it might be you know your low-carb tribe it doesn't matter where they are but it's those relationships and connections that that they keep us healthy you know that's that's absolutely you know ancestrally we would have been in tribes we wouldn't never be on our own we would have done everything to stay within our tribe we wouldn't have pushed the boundaries to get outcast and pushed out because that's a sure death in ancestral times definitely we would have
1: yeah certainly the we would have left the weak and the sick by themselves and that's not really you know that's that's as you said ancestrally that's not how we functioned but for the listeners, if you'd like to join our Facebook tribe, um, so that's sort of the fabulously Keto um, Facebook group, so you're more than welcome. It's a, a small, you know, but active little group that we're we're building slowly. Our little community, so you're more than welcome to join our friendly fabulously Keto Facebook tribe group. Um, so that's one way that she can connect with us. But certainly, Jackie will tell us where we can get the show notes for this particular episode.
0: But before I do, Louise, I just want to say that in January, I'm running a group program because normally my programs are one-to-ones. But again, focusing on this community stuff is to create a group program where people come together and they're learning not only from me, but from each other and how they can support each other. And that starts in the middle of January. So if you want to find out more I think it's um, fabulouslyketo.com forward slash new hyphen year. Um, and they can go there and find out more. There's not a lot on the page at the moment, but it's coming. Week by week, it's coming. Jackie, that sounds perfect for those, um,
1: you know, refresh, restart in the new year. I don't want to be saying those dreaded New Year's resolutions, but that sounds like a great way to to reset yourself for 2023. So, yeah, yeah it sounds pretty great exciting, way to
0: start, but- yeah. So the, but just, sorry, you were going to remind us about where the show notes are? So the show notes are at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash
1: 118. And the listeners can certainly click on the links that we'll have in there for the Freshwell Low Carb Project websites and um, any other links that they mentioned. We can sort of post that and uh, any any other information there on the show notes. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Jackie. See you soon. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulouslyketo and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest week can in interview?
1: If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation.
0: Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto1 and the hashtag.